This episode is brought to you by Lark Media. Did you ever feel like you had a message that the whole world absolutely needed to hear? You take it, you package it, you bundle it, you send it out there, and then boom! No response. Well, if that's you, don't be disappointed. It might not be that your message is bad. It might be that you're not delivering it the right way. And this is where our friends over at Lark Media can help. These guys are masters of marketing. They've done things for advanced training, where they've come in, they've taken documentaries of our work, and they not only captured what it looks like, but they captured what it feels like to be a part of what we do. They've also made motion graphics that we use before and after our YouTube videos. If you need help, please contact Steve at LarkMediaNYC.com. Again, that's Steve at Lark, L-A-R-K, Media, NYC.com. Tell them that Advanced Trading sent you, and they'll take 10% off. Welcome to another episode of the Mahoney Advanced Training Podcast. Once again, this is going to be a hybrid episode where we give you both six tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. And and we're going to recap one of the six weekends in advanced training history. All right, so let's begin. Tip number one. Uh, I would usually call this an exercise tip, but this is just a great way to start off every single one of your days. So if you want to win the day every single day, here's my recommendation. This is what I'm doing right now. I go downstairs. I have about three uh, three cups of water. Then I go stand on my rock mat. Yes, I said it, a rock mat. Well, what's a rock mat? It's a mat that has uh, fake rocks on it, and I stand on it barefoot. So what it's doing is activating my feet. It can be a little foot massage, but it's also activating and strengthening my feet. And then I am putting my hands above my head. Like, imagine like someone uh, wins a race in the uh, Olympics and they put their hands over their head. That's how my hands are going to be. The hands are up like that. And then I do eight deep belly breaths. So there are many, many wins along the way here. One, let's just skip the hydration part because that's something I had already talked to you guys about before, but that's a win. Two, getting that activation of your feet and strengthen of your feet right in the beginning of the day. Right there. Bang. Get that out of the way. Three, putting your hands over your head. Uh, I I referred to it before as the victory position. There have been studies that have been done that there is a not only a physical benefit to putting your arms over your head, but there is a massive psychological benefit to putting your arms over your head, where you gain this insane amount of confidence or a feeling of comfort by putting your hands over your head. And I'd say this to you. If you're about to walk into a job interview and you feel a little nervous, or you're about to make a speech and you're behind stage, or you're a little nervous before a game, just put your arms over your head. Just do it right now. And you'll actually feel the difference in your body by putting your arms over your head. I'd also say this. I, I love starting our workouts off with overhead movements for that very same reason. It's just To me, it's just that mental trigger that I am winning. I am winning the day. I'm winning this workout. I'm winning whatever I'm about to do. I already won. And then uh, the, the third part or the fourth part of this, this morning routine is just I'm automatically getting my belly breathing in. I'm getting some form of meditation in, and I have taken control of my day versus someone taking control of it for me. Okay, tip number two, something we I am experimenting with, or maybe advanced training is experimenting with. So one of the benefits of training with uh, awesome people, right? You are the average of the five people to spend the most time with. Well, we have great people in the group, and they all have great skill sets, and these people have developed into great men. One of our one of the people on our training team is this master marketer, Steve Armato from uh, Lark Media. He's one of the 
the, or one of the sponsors of this podcast. Well, what he is doing for me is he is creating, a, like, you know, when you play Madden and people have uh, Madden scores. Like, what's my Madden score? Professional athletes, like, they get upset about their Madden score. We're doing the same exact thing for advanced training. We're giving people, he's basically building player profiles. I will be scoring them in a couple of different uh, categories, and it's going to be really sick. It's good. He's experimenting with it right now. We've been uh, going back and forth about what the categories should be. It has to be advanced training-specific stuff. We, I originally had started it out with things like speed, power, agility, but that's not us. That's not who we are, right? That's uh, uh, not us. We're, we're going to make it a lot more advanced training-specific. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be taking pictures of the guys. Steve's going to be putting this together for me. Uh, his prototype already looks sick. I am super excited about it, and just, again who we are and what we do, it is hyper-competitive, so I love every second of it, I love what the, we're going to have ratings, I can't wait to hear these guys argue about it with me, about what their ratings are, uh, it's going to cause a lot of controversy, and I love every single second of it, so Steve, thank you for the help. Okay, tip number three, tip number three, a quote that I'm thinking about, he who has a why to live can bear almost any how, once again, I'll say it, he who has a why to live can bear almost any how. And, and we've talked about this before. What, what is your why? You know, uh, if you're just showing up to advanced training every Saturday morning and you have no why behind it, then it's going to be really hard to get up when it's pitch black and it feels like 7 degrees and go train. But if you have a why, then the how doesn't really matter, right? And let, let's put it in an even more simple ter- term that maybe other people can relate to. If I'm going to the, the gym and I want to look jacked up because, say, I want to look sick when I go to a, a, a beach, right? I want to look sick at the pool when I take my shirt off. Well, then that's your why. So when you're doing those sets of bicep curls, no matter how much it burns, it doesn't matter because that's your why. Or when you really feel a little tired about going to the gym, it doesn't matter because your why is that end result, right? Your why is that end result of looking sick when you take off your shirt. And it's the same thing if you want to be the best at your job, right? Some people will travel a long way to work. I won't because that's not, you know, that. It's not something I love, but if somebody has to travel a long way for something they want to do or see, then that that why at the end of that commute or whatever it is they're doing, it overcomes the how. You just got to find what your why is. So again, I'll say it. He who has a why to live can bear almost any how. So the trick here is find your why. Find that why. Okay, tip number four, something that I am watching that is moving me. So uh, I don't know how I got my hands on this. I, I am... I am in a weird way, a fan of Ray Dalio, even though I've never really got my, I haven't got to read any of his books. I've just seen some of his stuff on uh, on YouTube. And one thing I did watch recently was something called Principles for Dealing with the Changing World Order. I'll say that again: Principles for Dealing with the Changing World Order. And it's a it's a 45 minute video on YouTube. Yeah, I know your attention span doesn't last that long, but this is worth the watch. And the general premise is is that he has studied history, and I also study history because I truly believe that history repeats itself. And I believe that you can learn a lot from looking at the past. And then this guy opens up this YouTube video by saying, I learned a lot by looking at the, pa- and the past. And I think, in fact, he made a lot of money by studying the past and being able to predict economic shifts based on things that were happening because they already happened before. And what he's saying is, is that what we're experiencing right now in this world has already happened multiple times times over. And what he's talking about in terms of the world order is essentially, I'll, I'll overly simplify it, but... 
who's in control, right? Like, who controls the world order? If you're thinking about, uh, like, I don't know if it was NWO. Yeah, NWO from wrestling, the new world order. Like, what group is running things? So you could argue right now, uh, America, uh, they're the top dog. They're running things. But some people say, oh, this country's it's going down the drain. And what he's basically saying is, uh, yeah, all the patterns are saying there's about to be a new world order. And America's reign at the top is not going to be that much longer. And here's why. Britain used to be the, the New World Order. But we, he could, based on the, the patterns, you can tell when they weren't going to be the top. And before them, it was the Dutch. right? And he said this goes all the way back to the Roman Empire. And the patterns are exactly the same. Now, this is, there's not all hope. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. There's not, it's not all doom and gloom. At the end of this video, he does explain things that you could do to f kind of flatten the curve. And I'm not saying this from a COVID perspective. I'm saying it from a, the, it's kind of like a bubble that goes up and down, the way he makes it look. And it's like you rise to the top, you hit this peak, and then you go all the way back down. And what he's saying, you could, you could lengthen this by doing certain things. But again, uh, it really is worth the watch because it, it, as, as you look at it, you see, wow, history really does repeat itself. What can we learn from looking back at history? Okay, tip number five. It's a productivity tip. I think I said this before. I don't care. I'll say it again. If you have to bring something somewhere, maybe you have to bring something somewhere to work the next day. Uh, I had to bring something that's specific to training the next day. The best thing to do is when it's on your mind, take that thing and put it right by the front door. You'll never forget it. So one thing that our guys have to do at advanced training is they have to bring a championship belt. If they own the belt, they have to bring it. If they don't, they get penalized. Uh, a great thing to do is just take that belt, put it right by your front door. Hell, if you can't, if you don't trust putting it in your car, which maybe you shouldn't do in uh, Staten Island because a lot of people breaking into cars in the middle of the night or early in the wee hours of the morning, put it right by your front door. And then when you walk out your front door, it's right there. It's the simplest way to make sure you don't forget that thing. So productivity tip put it by your front door not only does it help you not forget that thing it also removes the mental clutter that it takes in your mind of you saying i can't forget the umbrella i can't forget the umbrella i can't forget the umbrella like that that thing clouds up your mind and it stops you from focusing on other stuff so just put it right by the door you don't have to think about it ever again okay tip number six the two weirdest things the two weirdest things i gotta say both of them that i saw all week usually it's just one weird thing thing number one uh at the end of yesterday's workout Joe Shalasi told us, uh, I don't want to spoil any of it, but he, he mentioned, I will spoil it. Nah, I won't spoil it. He said, yeah, I'll say this. He said that there was a deleted scene that people are now starting to see from the movie The Batman. And apparently in the movie The Batman, there was supposed to be a scene where the Batman goes to visit the Joker in jail and ask him about this new villain that's out there, a.k.a. I won't even say who it is because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But they deleted it out of the show. And there's something in that scene that if you watch it very, very carefully, it's pretty sick. But I won't say what it is. The thing that's crazy is that Nick Carroll said, oh, they made a new Batman movie? And I was <laughs> – I, I never really had I, – I, I love Nick Carroll. I, I put him on the highest peak ever of human beings. And uh, man, boy, did I lose all respect for Nick Carroll in a second. I gained it right back in about 10 seconds. But Nick, how do you not know that there is a new Batman movie out? Like what – Come on, how, how how are we possibly in the same circle and you don't know that there's a, a new Batman movie out? All right, thing number two, that is the craziest thing I saw all week. Yes, uh, this this may be the craziest thing in advanced, hating, uh, advanced training history, but this is just typical of advanced training. So we're the challenge for this week is called Pick Your Poison. I'll say that again. The challenge for this week is called Pick Your Poison. So what is Pick Your Poison? Well, 
I don't want to tell these guys. I give them hints during the week as to what the challenge is going to be. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But as part of Pick Your Poison, I tell the guys that you have to wear have pockets. You need a pocket. And uh, Joe Marinchko, for every now and again, he just gets really angry about stuff with advanced training. He's just had it with certain portions of the training, and this time he really has it. And he said, like, what is this, a dance recital? Why are you telling me to wear pockets? Uh... I don't have pockets. I don't know what he's saying, but he just really had a hard time with the fact that I am telling him that he needs to bring pockets to our training session on Saturday. Well, we go to our sprint session on Friday. This is the day before the actual training session where they need pockets. Mind you, the whole week he's upset about the fact that we need pockets. He shows us to the training session on Friday with uh, sweatpants with pockets. Yes, one pocket on each side. And a sweatshirt with pockets in the front. I said, Joe, what is your... What's your problem with pockets, man? Like, you're upset about pockets, show pockets. He said, uh, I don't like to have pockets because my thumbs get caught in them when I'm sprinting. And I'm thinking, this guy just showed up to a sprint session with, uh, three sets of pockets. Yep, this is typical advanced training for you. Guy hates pockets, shows up to advanced training, to a sprint session with pockets, but he hates pockets because he doesn't want his fingers getting caught in his sweatpants, uh, while he's running. Okay. Let's get to this weekend's challenge. Let's talk about Pick Your Poison. So what is Pick Your Poison? So Pick Your Poison is, we have three different teams. We have tag teams in advanced training. The team with the belt, they get to pick their poison. And then the next team gets to pick their poison. And the next team gets to pick their poison. Well, what, what, what's the poison? The poison is, you have to take a toy. There were three toys that we had. We had a sled with a chain around it. And that sled had a... Uh, 245s and 235s on it. We had a farmer's walk with a 45 and a 25 and maybe a 5 on it. And then we had sliders. And you get to pick which one of those toys you want your team to drag 20 yards. You put that toy down and then you sprint another 10 yards. And after you sprint that 10 yards, you pick up one piece of a puzzle. Now each team had their own puzzle. Yeah, that's why I'm saying they need a pocket. So each team had a nine-piece children's puzzle. We've used puzzles like this before. They have to pick up one piece of that puzzle, put it in their pocket, sprint back to their toy, take that toy, drag it back 20 yards, and then sprint back 10 yards to a start line where the rest of their team is waiting. Tag their teammate. Then the next teammate gets runs back to the toy, takes that toy, takes it 20 yards, puts it down, sprints to another puzzle piece and repeat the action nine separate times. Now, when all the toy pieces are back at the start line, the teams can then come together, and they can go solve this puzzle puzzle together. This is Pick Your Poison. And now the reason it's called Pick Your Poison is you get to pick the toy. And there is a little bit of a deciding factor here. It's like, which one's going to be the hardest on me, right? When I say me, I mean my team. Like, which is the worst thing to move around? And each one of these things have their pro and cons. So which is the worst thing to move around? And if these guys are smart, they look at other teams and say, where does their skill set fall and lie? Right? Maybe this is the best one for me, but maybe this one, if, if they do it, is worse for them. So for example, let's say uh, I pick the farmer's walk. Maybe this is the best for me because my team all has great grip strength. But maybe I shouldn't take it because maybe there's another team that their grip strength is terrible and they can't even compete if they get into this drill and have to pick up this farmer's walk. Right? So these are the type of decisions. There's games before the games. These guys think the game is just putting the puzzle together. No. There's games before the games. You got to know yourself. You got to know your opponents. Right? And again, there's pros and cons to every toy. So the farmer's walk, there's pros because, uh, you know, like it, 
it's, it's, I'd say it's relatively easy to handle, but a con can be is that over time, those clamps, even though we have the thing double clamped, we got it double clamped, sometimes those clamps get loose because guys are dropping the weights on the floor, the weights start to shift, and man, if you're in the middle of this drill and all of those plates fall off, you got to put that thing back together. Slider... Seems easy. Very little real estate to, to deal with. Put your foot on the slider and you go. You don't have to put anything together. You don't have to pick anything up. But it's very taxing on the body, especially if you're a bigger dude. Then the last one with the sled. The hard part about the sled is that you got to turn it around. You know, you got to drag it one way and then you have to turn the sled around to drag it back. It, it's it kind of annoying, right? It, it, and <laughs> it, it could be really annoying. You could drop the chain. The, tra the clamp can fall off. So there's a little bit to each thing. So what I do, uh, what we did is the team that were the championship team, that was Joe Derrida's team, we give them the choice. They get to go first. They get to pick their poison. So they picked the farmer's walk. Cool. All right. Now the next team that I let pick their poison was Joe Marechko's team. Why? I should have made them pick last for all the harassment he was giving me leading up to this workout and during the workout, constantly uh, calling me out for advanced trainings going down the drain. We're out of the golden era. I can't believe we're putting puzzles together now. This used to be a tough organization. Anyway... Uh, Joe Marechko's team, I let them pick second because none of their guys got soft points that day. Everybody who said they were going to show up showed up. They picked the sled. Why they picked it, I don't know. My guess is that Joe, he really hates sliders, and so does Strange, who was on his team. So they said, we're not going to do the sliders, so they picked the sled, which leaves the last team, the last team, uh, Joe Shalasi's team, they got the sliders. Now, Shalasi's team did not get a pick because they had one guy who was soft, and he didn't show up at all, no notice, whatever. So, having said that, if that guy showed up, Shalasi's team would have had the option to pick their poison before Joe Marechko's team, and I'm very curious to know if they would have picked the sled. So why is this important? Because it turns out that it was a, a pretty close competition between the sled guys and the farmer's walk guys. Now remember, they got to take the sled, move it 20 yards, or a prowler, I'm sorry, a farmer's walk, drop it, sprint, pick up the, the puzzle piece, put it in their pocket, come back, drop the puzzle piece on the floor, right? The slider guys, so it's, it's very even competition between those two. The slider guys, it was kind of close, but then things kind of started to go off the rails once guys fatigued, and it really is hard. Like, you slide one way, you get back up, you think you get a break, then you got to go right back down on your on your hands and knees. So, and I, I, I'm thinking about this because they had one of the bigger guys on their crew, Lear Walker, uh, and it's tough for a big guy to do this. And it's, re it's really tough when you got to do it multiple times in a row. Now, this, I'll say, I can't stop thinking about two things that happened during this training session. One is, it, is Lear Walker, because if, when he, he's only his fifth session in advanced training, he was an offensive guard. Most of our guys are, are defensive backs or defensive linemen or linebackers. We really don't deal with the offensive linemen too much in advanced training. We got a few. We got Joe Derrida, but a lot of these guys, these bigger dudes, they're not in our training crew right now. Right, right now. So Lear Walker might be one of two offensive linemen in advanced training. Anyway, Lear is a bigger dude, and about a, a month ago, he could barely do five yards clean on this prowler. I'm sorry, on the slider. But I can't get out of my mind the effort and the, the perseverance that this kid put in to finish this drill. So he does his, his first set clean, gets his puzzle piece. He gets about halfway through his second set, and I could see he's just starting to fatigue. But uh, he would not stop. I think a lesser man would have given up, just 
who knows what he would have done, but this guy just kept basically throwing himself backwards, giving it every ounce of energy, everything he had. There wasn't an ounce left of energy in this guy's body to get himself through that line. And what's better, what's better than that, is that his team was just screaming with everything they had, pulling for him to go. And this is why I love this team best events. Because it's not guys saying, you suck, you're, you're, you, you, you can't do it, you're putting each other down. It's guys picking each other up. So I, I tip my hat to Lear, the, the fact that he's gotten so much better in a month. And the fact that his team just, I, I love every second of that. That, that's to me, is what advanced training is. It's also a guy showing up with pockets when he's mad about pockets, but it's that too. It is that too, and that is super sick. So love every second of it. I'm wondering, again, if they didn't have a guy soft, would they have picked the chain pull? Because I will say this, Leah Walker, a month ago, or maybe a few weeks ago, was the fastest on the backwards chain pull of anyone. So while it's tough for the big guys to do certain things, he was the f- time when I was timing people at tag team events, he had the fastest time on the reverse chain pull. So now let's talk about thing number two that I can't get out of my head, and it is Mark Strange. So Mark Strange also hates sliders. Uh, I'm sure he would have also hated being in the slider section of this. But Strange did two awesome things as part of this challenge. One, as I look over to my left while, while their team is doing their part of the challenge with the sled, I see guys running with the sled chain around their waist. Now, this was never done before in advanced training. Now, guys have done things like that in other training sessions where you put a, a band, a, maybe it's a, a strap around your waist, you put the other strap, side of that strap around the sled and you run with the sled behind you. But in this training session, we had people holding the chain, either behind them or in front of them, and running with it. That's what we were doing in the workout. But when I looked over, these guys put the chain around their waist and just sprinted with it. And that really saves a lot of time of having to pick up the chain and make sure your arms are straight or whatever way you want. I didn't tell them how they had to get that sled back and forth. I just said, get the sled from here to there, drop it off, and then go pick up your, your puzzle. So uh, from, from the rumors I'm hearing, is Strange was the guy that said, just put it around your waist and go. So that's brilliant thing number one. Brilliant thing number two. So now the team, Joe Deradita's team and Strange's team, are neck and neck. It's the Farmer's Walk team and the Sled team are literally neck and neck. Like they get their, they get to their all mind puzzle pieces down at the same time. The teams get to go together and now put all this stuff together at the same time. And uh, we've done this before, where it's taken people... You know, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes to put a puzzle piece together. And my thought was, this is going to be even harder. In the past, we've had one person looking at a puzzle. I thought this is going to be really hard when you have multiple people looking at it because it's a lot of hands, it's a lot of mouths, a lot of thoughts, it's a lot of people in a small spot trying to figure out a puzzle with only nine pieces. And I just go glance over at Strange, Strange's group, and I just hear him say, four corners, put the pieces in the middle, and I'm pretty sure they finished it in like 20 seconds. They put the puzzle together in like 20 seconds. He reminded me of uh, Zach Galifianakis from The Hangover when he's like going down the escalator and all those numbers are running through his head. So Strange, if, if we're talking about a strategy as a, a, an, a ranking in our advanced training, matri- uh, uh, sorry, our advanced training numbers, He's getting a hundred rating on strategy because man, he came up with a chain around the waist and he did that puzzle in about twenty seconds. It was a, th- a thing of beauty. So, wow. So those two things have not left my head. Just two guys that are relatively new to advanced training. The 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 intangibles that they bring are bringing to this group, which makes it awesome because everybody brings their own thing to the group in their own way. You got Lear Walker, you got Strange. They're both sticking in my head. Those guys are my my MVPs for this last workout. So uh, two other strange things that happened at this training. One, that puzzle was gone after the session was over. So 
so I have no idea where Strange Puzzle went. Turns out he kept it in his pocket. So I don't know why. Maybe he's so hyped up that he won. He had a rush to work. I don't know. So he's got to give back the puzzle. Two, <laughs> just again, as advanced training will work, Joe Marechko, even though he's not happy about the pockets, was also telling me over the course of the week, I got to leave by 745. Can you make sure the workout is done at 745? I need to be done by 745. I said, Joe, I can't make any guarantees this week because in my mind, I didn't know how long that pick your poison challenge was going to be. I had no idea how long it was going to take to, to, to get back and forth and how tired we're going to be. Uh, I didn't know how long it was going to take the puzzle to put together. So I'm like, I can't make any guarantees. I'll do my best. And in typical advanced training manner, the workout starts to take the actual workout before the competition. So the way it works is we do a workout, then we do a competition. The way the, act to the workout took a lot longer than I thought it was on paper. And on paper, it looked great. But in reality, it took a long time. And part of it had to do with one of the sections was a farmer's walk. And I told guys, walk as far as you can with this farmer's walk. And I thought they'd maybe walk like 15, 20 yards. But we had guys, myself included, walking 50 yards with the farmer's walk. And they walked so far, they got so far that the next guy took a long time to get to the farmer's walk. And that drill just kind of slowed things down. So by the time we start, it's probably about 7.40. So Mareczko's got to leave as it is. So now we're rushed. And in the end, <laughs> I, you know, I have nothing against soccer. We are always competing. I've always been competing with soccer for any field. From the When I was in high school as a player, we were competing with soccer to get a field for practice time as a football player. We're always competing with soccer for these fields. So we go super early, so we're done by the time soccer gets to Owl Owl Park. Anyway, they these guys, it's, it's their job. They're setting up the field for soccer. You know, They put extra goalposts on the field because it's little kids and they can't use the whole field. Anyway, they're like, when are you going to be done? And they're saying this as I'm setting up the Pick Your Poison drill. And if you've heard, if you've listened at all, this wasn't an easy thing to set up. We have to have toys in different stations. I have to have cones set up at the end of every station. I have to have puzzle pieces set up beyond those cones, right? So they're like, uh, when are you going to be done? I said, we'll be done in 15 minutes. Cool. And then they just leave the so extra soccer post right in the middle of our drill. So now we have to reset up one of the stations for the drill. <laughs> and it's just like, ah! So now, it, it, that's annoying me because I, I like everything to be in the right spot. I'm very meticulous about how we set up these drills. Then, as we're in the middle of the drill, people start coming for soccer. So as we're in the middle of Pick Your Poison, people start coming for soccer. And these people are like creatures of habit. Like, there's six fields there, but uh, I got to go to this place. I have to go right here. And so they start coming to our side of the field. So I'm like, ah. so now I have to take this drill. And the way it worked was, just so everybody understands, we had a cone at the goal line. You had to sprint 20 yards to the toy. Then you went 20 yards with the toy, dropped it off. Then you sprinted 10 yards to midfield. Well, they start going to where our puzzle pieces are. This, that's why I thought maybe one of those kids, when the, the puzzle was gone, I thought maybe, hey, one of these kids is coming to the field, took the puzzle. I didn't know Strange had it. Anyway, so now, while the drill is going on, I have to start rearranging stuff to make things shorter so we get further away, away from their soccer field. So this drill went from like a 50-yard drill down to like a, a 30-yard, 40-yard drill, and I had to move everything, the puzzle pieces. So I, I feel like I missed por portions of things going on. So it just bothered me, but it, I don't know. I'm just kind of venting here. Anyway, we got everything done, and then after that's done, now it's time for the head-to-head -head challenge. And this is, you know, <laughs> planning is useless, but the act of planning is priceless. So in my mind, I had a different, a very different head-to-head -head challenge ready to go after Pick Your Poison. I couldn't do it because we were basically kicked off the field. And again, back to soccer. Nothing against the sport itself. It just we always battle with field. I feel like soccer needs so much room. 
They need so much room. And uh, you could put me in a closet. We can get things done for the most part. So that's basically how we did our on-the-fly. Came up with, a, here's a new head-to-head -head drill. It's double elimination, so we're going to have two groups of two people going head-to-head. -head, and we're going to do it in basically uh, a lot. In a lot. We, we took the smallest amount of real estate we could possibly use to get this head-to-head -head challenge in as fast as we could before we were totally kicked off the field. So what was the head-to-head -head challenge? It is you're going to start down on the goal line with your face on the line. I'm going to move my foot like a, a ball's being snapped. You're going to go on the motion of my foot. The guys are going to get up. They're going to sprint 20 yards. They're going to run. They're going to do this at the same exact time. There's going to be a set of sliders down there for each one of them. They're going to run, put their feet on the sliders, slider back to that start line, then get up and sprint back 20 yards. So it's a 60-yard shuttle. Sprint, slider, sprint. So the first group was Wallen. Rob Wallen goes against the aforementioned Steve Armato. Uh, this is Steve's first like head-to-head -head challenge. Wallen's already been in a head-to-head -head challenge. Now, boom, they go. Steve's got him. Steve beats him to the slider. Steve gets about five yards on him on the slider. And then all of a sudden, Steve looks back to his right to see where Wallen is. And for whatever reason, he then slows down. And then he starts drifting, drifting off back into the left, back into the left, back into the left. So he's not sliding straight anymore. Now he's sliding back into the left. When this happens, for no reason, Wallen completely and totally hits a new gear. He, he looked kind of slow getting to his first leg. He explodes out of the slider, gets to the start line, and then sprints back 20 yards faster than he sprinted there the first time when he should have been fatigued. So Wallen gets a win. Wallen gets a win. And now Armado gets his first loss. I think Wallen finished in like 21.17 seconds. And Armado gets his first loss of the season. He's not eliminated from the heads-to-heads yet. Then, the next group they pick... Uh, it's going to be Brian Weintraub, a.k.a. Future. He goes against Carroll. Nick Carroll, same guy who doesn't know there's a Batman movie. Nick Carroll, the guy who I believe has, again, taken himself from like a, a lower-level guy at advanced training when he first started to now a, a much higher-level guy because now he can run. Remember, I told you he had broken feet. So now he can run. So they go head-to-head. -head, they sprint. And uh, Weintraub just had a little more speed than he did. Weintraub looks sick. I mean, while, I mean uh, Carroll did a great job. He didn't do anything wrong. He was, his execution was perfect. He did every, everything he could have done, but Weintraub just had a little, had the edge on him because of his speed, and Weintraub finishes the drill in 19.99 seconds. So now Carroll, great competitor, these guys were wise in who they picked to go head-to-head. -head. He is now eliminated from the head-to-head -head challenges. That was his second loss, and then, and now Weintraub, he's undefeated. So that was his second head-to-head -head win. So Weintraub is really, really impressing me. Again, being the guy of Carroll's quality, and the fact he hasn't lost yet, and there's been, there's been some things I've seen him do during training sessions that have made me think he may be a sleeper. Uh, I would not sleep on Weintraub. I know he's relatively new to the group. He's been uh, a little in and out of sessions because of uh, tax season. He works with, he, uh, he's helping people with their taxes. I believe he's some form of a super, super secret accountant. Anyway, tax season's over. We got him back. I would not sleep on this guy. That's, I kind of feel like I did when I when we started sleeping. People started sleeping on Galley a few years ago. You know. Oh, by the way, let me mention this. Galley's team won the Junkyard Dogs, so now this is the ninth consecutive week where Tom Galley has a win. The ninth consecutive week. There's no more sleeping on that guy. But Weintraub, don't sleep on him. Unfortunately, his team actually needs to win some events. They, uh, they've won only one event. That's it. So the, his team's going like, to almost always be going into these head-to-heads unless somebody, unless they all show up. Unless they all show up and nobody's soft, that team is going to struggle. They have sick talent, but they need to show up. All right, I've been rambling too long. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? 
Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right, I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. There's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today.